Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So the Bible reading is taken from Exodus, chapter 3, and verses 1 to 15. Exodus 3, verses 1 to 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Amen. Well, this week we've just had our kids 
secret agent holiday club uh, where the kids were all learning about how God achieved his mission impossible, a rescue from slavery in Egypt. And while uh, Moses isn't as good looking as Tom Cruise, he certainly did pull off some impressive stunts. And Moses is arguably the greatest leader in the Old Testament. But actually, when we look at Moses' life, and especially uh, his call, we discover that Moses actually isn't that great at all. But he serves a great God. Now, we first need to put this story into its context. Now, you will remember how it was about 400 years prior that Joseph and his 11 brothers and his father Jacob went from the promised land down to Egypt. And during those 400 years, the Israelites, his descendants, had become this great nation. Now there was a new Pharaoh, and he enslaved the Israelites, and he was oppressing them. And he was concerned about their population growth, so he introduced this brutal birth control scheme to drown every boy, Israeli boy, that was born into the Nile. One survives, Moses. And he's discovered by Pharaoh's own daughter floating on the Nile in a... Well, in a Moses basket. And so, Pharaoh's own plans, and with great irony, Pharaoh's own plans are spoiled by his own daughter, who actually ends up paying Moses' mother to nurse Moses. And so Moses is brought up as an Egyptian prince in Pharaoh's household. He's gone from being an, an Israeli, an Israelite, a nobody, to a somebody, a prince. Forty years later, he's out and he looks and he sees his own people and he sees their hard labor and their oppression. And, and he sees an Egyptian god beating up one of his fellow Israelites. And in a moment of, of, of madness, he just kind of loses it in a moment of passion, and he kills this Egyptian god. When Pharaoh finds out about it, he's forced to flee. And so he leaves his place of privilege, and he settles near Midian, the middle of Nowhereville. It's just a, a desert wasteland near the Sinai Peninsula. And while he's there, he finds a wife and he settles down as a shepherd for 40 years. And once again, he's gone from being a somebody to a nobody, to an outcast, to a failed activist, to a mere shepherd in the back end of nowhere. And this is where we pick up our story in Exodus chapter 3. And the first principle we, we discover is that God meets us in unusual ways 
within our everyday experiences. In verse 1 we read, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he had led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Herob, uh, Herob, the mountain of God. And so this is just business as usual for Moses. He's out looking after his father-in-law's sheep, as he always does. Business as normal. Verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. The angel of the Lord is the angel that represents God and speaks for God, normally appears in a human form, but now appears as a fire. Fire being a very common symbol for the presence of God in the book of Exodus. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Now, when a secret agent normally receives their message, the message self-destructs. Uh, this time the, the, the bush is on fire, but it doesn't self-destruct. Verse 3, so Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. He's curious. And, and so he goes and investigates. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Taking off your sandals was and still is in the Middle East a sign of humility and reverence in the presence of the divine. But what's significant for us over here is how God meets with Moses in his normal, everyday, ordinary routine. And God wants to meet with us too in our everyday experiences. But are we open to God? Are we open to hear God and see God in our everyday experiences or are we too busy for God? Imagine if Moses went, wow, that, look at that bush, that is, that, is, that is strange. Oh well, I'm too busy, off to work. Uh, that, that would have been the end of it. Are we too busy for God? Too busy to hear God and see God in our everyday experiences? The second principle we discover is that God has a plan for the world and you are part of it. In verse 7 and 8 we read, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard their, them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. And Moses is like, yes! This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been hoping for. God is about to move in history. He's going to come and rescue his people. He's going to set us free. He's going to lead us to a good land. Yes, yes, yes. And then God looks at Moses and says, And I am sending you. 
And Moses is like, whoa, 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 just, just run that last line by me again? You're going to do what? <laughs> you see, the punch really comes in verse 10, where God says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. An amazing thing we discover here is that God works with and through people. It would have been a lot easier for God to just do the whole rescue operation by himself. Just, just do a miracle and transport all of his people by flying carpet from the Nile to the promised land. Job done in an instant. Would have been a lot easier. But the amazing thing is, God chooses to work with and through people like Moses and like me and you. The third principle is that it's okay to feel inadequate for the task. In verse 11 we read, but Moses said to God, instead of just going, okay, I'm in, Bush is burning, but it's not burning up, and now it's talking. Yes, I'm in. Uh, Moses feels the need to interject with his own opinion. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Effectively, what Moses is saying is, I'm a nobody. I'm an outcast. I'm a failed activist. I'm 80 years old for crying out loud. I can't do this. And Moses feels completely inadequate for the task. Perhaps that's how you feel at the idea that God is calling you to be part of his mission. Well, if that is, we need to listen to God's response. And this leads us to our fourth principle, God is with you. God replies in verse 12, I will be with you. Or it could be translated, I am with you. What's very interesting to note is that God doesn't correct Moses' perception of himself. God doesn't go, what do you mean, who am I, Moses? You, you, you're great, you're awesome, you're a born leader. You just need to believe in yourself. No. God doesn't massage Moses' ego. God doesn't correct his perception of himself. Which seems to imply that God actually agrees with Moses' perception. It's like if we read between the lines, God is going, yep, yep, you are pretty much a nobody. <laughs> but that's not important. What's important is that I am with you. And that's all you need. You see, when God promises to be with you, He promises to empower you by His Holy Spirit for the task. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about God. And God will be with you. And that's all we need. For example, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10, Moses complains to God that he can't speak well. well we don't know what's wrong with his speech. Perhaps he has a stutter or, or, or maybe he's just not very good at public speaking. But he feels 
inadequate. He feels he doesn't have the ability to speak to Pharaoh in the royal court. And so God says in verse 12 of chapter 4, Now go, I will help you speak. Literally the Hebrew is, I am your mouth. I will teach you what to say. Effectively what God is saying, I will be with you. And that's all you need. You see, it's not about us and our abilities. But it's about God and our availability. God is not looking for some super talented, gifted people. No, God is looking for people who are available and who say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. But then fifthly, you need to exercise faith. Uh, Verse 12 goes on. God says, And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now that's not a great sign, is it? I mean, I've seen better signs on a French motorway. Uh, He's only going to see the sign after he's already done the task. He's only going to see the sign after he's led the people out of Egypt. So what does that mean? It means he has to exercise faith first. He has to trust God first. He has to obey God first. And it's the same for us. If we want to know, has God really called me and is God really with me? You've got to exercise faith. You've got to trust God. You've got to obey God. And when you obey God and you step out in faith, you will experience God in your life and then you will know, oh, God has called me and God is with me. We need to exercise faith. And then sixthly, it's not all about you. It's all about God. In verse 13, And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What's his name? Uh, Then what should I tell them? So Moses is envisioning the scenario where he goes to the Israelites and he says, You know, um, there was this burning bush, mm hmm, but it wasn't burning up, hmm. And this bush told me that God is sending me to rescue you. Right. And what is the name of this God? <laughs> you know, in, in a polytheistic worldview where they believe in multiple gods, it's important to know which God you're dealing with and, and, and that it, it is the real God, it's the creator God, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's his name? And so God says to Moses in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am, Moses is thinking, yes, that's what I'm asking, I am, who are you? I am, who I am. Now that's not really a name, is it? (laughs) But it does describe the very essence of God. God is not I was, he is not I will be, He is always I am. He is the eternal one. He is the one who is always present, always active now. 
And if God is I am, if God is the, the present one and the active one, that means Moses is I am not. If God is the one who's actually going to do it, if God is the one who's actually going to rescue the people, then Moses isn't. So again, just imagine the scene. Moses goes to the Israelites and says, well, God, God has called me to rescue you from, from slavery. And they go, right. Looking at this 80-year-old guy. So are you telling us that you are going to rescue us? And Moses is like, no, I, I am not. But I know I am. And I am will. What? Do you think you're some kind of big shot? No, no, I am not. But, but I know I am. And I am is. You see, it's not about us. It's all about God. It's not about... It's all about God's presence and God's power working through us to achieve God's plans for God's praise. It's all about God. It's not about us. And then seventhly and lastly, stop making excuses. In chapter 4 and verse 13, Moses says, says to God, Pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. At this point, you, you kind of feel God is running out of patience. And so God eventually agrees for Moses to bring Aaron, his brother, along to help. But from that point on, Moses stopped making excuses and he obeyed God. And we can make so many excuses, can't we? So many excuses why, why we can't do what God's asking us to do, why we can't get involved. But at some point, we just need to stop making excuses put our faith in God, and step out in faith. And then see God making a difference for his kingdom through us. And so the call of Moses is pretty amazing. It's a seemingly impossible mission. Mission impossible. Yet, this 80-year-old guy from the back end of nowhere with a speech problem and a serious lack of self-confidence leads the nation out of slavery in Egypt. And he becomes this great leader. He's just a normal guy like like me and you, but he becomes this great leader, this special agent for the kingdom of God. And you too can be a special agent for the kingdom of God. In what ways might God be calling you? He may be calling you to something wonderful like Moses, or he may be calling you to something entirely different. But God has placed all of us on our front lines for a reason. He's placed us in our classrooms, in our workplaces, in our families, in our sports clubs, in our social networks, 
for a reason. And so are you willing to stop and listen? Are you willing to take off your, your metaphorical sandals and listen to what God is calling you to? For our world is still full of evil and suffering. It's empty of love. It's full of poverty and hunger. And it's in the desperate need for God's love and forgiveness. And God is still on a mission to fix this broken world. It's a massive task. It's not easy. And you still yourself, you still have your flaws. But it's not about you. It's about God. And God is good and He will lead you. So are you prepared to make yourself available and allow God to use you to change the world around you? See, I believe God is calling us today, calling you to be a part of His mission. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we confess that so often we feel like Moses. We feel inadequate. We can make all the, all the, the excuses in the world and they all sound so good. But Father, help us to stop making excuses. Help us to trust you, put our faith in you and allow you to do the impossible in us and through us to make a difference for your kingdom. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.